Gotta get that. Gotta get that. This is Dump on the Ump, Season 4, Episode 27. Thank you very much for listening to us this evening. Today is Monday, August 6th. My name is Joel. I'm tuning in from Champaign, Illinois. With me, as per usual tonight, are Sam and Eli. Fellas, how's it going? It's going good, Joel. Hey, Joel. Uh, This is Sam. I'm uh, broadcasting directly from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, my hot take this week is that uh, J.A. Happ, new Yankees pitcher, went on the DL with hand, foot, and mouth disease, also known as Coxsackie, uh, was just deemed non-contagious. And Coxsackie, of course, I can only assume he contracted by C.C. Sabathia farting on his pillow as part of an initiation hazing ritual. Uh, hey everyone, this is Eli coming at you from the PVD. Uh, I am just super enthralled. Um, today is Monday, the day after a four-game sweep that uh, listeners from last week might remember was called uh, by yours truly. So yes. um, just living high, high as a kite right now, and, and uh, it, it's good. Good, good stuff for you, Red Sox fans. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much. My hot take for the week. Today is Monday. This is the last Monday of my summer, you guys. Next Ooh. time you see me, it will be after a whole day of work. So, Man, you're going to have to put pants on. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to suck for you. Yeah. What? Woke? I thought I just got paid to hang around my house and drink beer and watch baseball. It will be a I, culture shock. That sounds amazing. <laughs> also, for those of you who can't see, which would be all of you listeners, Joel has a black eye, which he claimed his cat gave to him, which seems highly <laughs> suspect. So he'll be going back to work with a nice shiner. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, out. <laughs> Talking shit to all the Yankees fans in central Illinois. May have talked a little too much shit. Possibly through the phone. One of our Yankee friends punched me through the phone. Um, Like Eli mentioned, thanks very much to everybody who listened in last week, our episode of Dump on the Ump. Nobody likes Gary Sanchez. But we talk a lot of smack about Gary Sanchez and... How he lives all alone in his mother's attic in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right. So I highly recommend that you check that out. Apparently there must be a whole lot of Gary Sanchez haters in Brooklyn, New York. Thanks everybody, everyone for listening to us. Yeah, they just saw the title of the podcast and assumed that it was an episode about Brooklyn, I think. Oh, that makes sense. 
They're like, oh, everyone, no one likes Gary Sanchez. That must be the Brooklyn episode. Sure, or that could actually be an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, or also that could apply to any single town or municipality <laughs> in the country. Could see the title of that episode and think it was about their town. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hate Gary Sanchez, too. Because nobody likes Gary Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe maybe it's the opposite. And the only pocket of Gary Sanchez adorers live in Brooklyn. And they were listening <laughs> because they were hate listening to the mm. episode because oh, they were just trying to get all raged up. Right. They're, They're like about listen. to go to the gym. So they like listen to the episode to get them all pumped up. Oh, yeah. Right. That makes sense. They, uh, they just did a bunch of roids, saw the title, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to other other regular listeners: Champaign, Illinois; Seattle, Washington; Graysonville, Maryland; Burlington, Vermont; Queenstown, Maryland. Hello to Port of Spain, Trinidad, and Tobago. That's pretty sweet. What? What? Tobago. Yeah. Tobago. Tobago. Tobago? A long A? I thought it was a Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago? That's the way I was. Let go by Tobago. Okay. Well, they'll have to, you know, contact us and let us know how to actually pronounce yeah, the name of their, their nation. They've got a cool flag. I, that's one of the most recognizable flags I think that's out there. It's just a, a black slash across a red flag. Very, I don't know. Get, get you pumped up. I'm, I'm you know, I, uh, I live in a Caribbean neighborhood in, in Brooklyn, and it's, uh, there's a big West India Day parade that goes down near my house. Right. Well-represented Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, and their flag is actually one of the more boring flags of the region. Uh, well, it, I mean, it's not – it's very – it's only got two colors plus white, so I can see where you're coming from. Right. And it's also like, you know, it's like a regular nautical symbol flag. Yeah. Whereas like Barbados flag is like a trident over, it's like a black trident over a red and a yellow and blue, you know, back, or maybe it's a yellow trident over a blue background. And there's like a lot of birds and shit, you know, there's like, it's like very colorful and creative flags. And then there's Trinidad and Tobago and it's like. Black and red. A regular flag. Yeah. It's like diagonal. Yeah. No. Um, oh, I see. I'm looking up the Barbados flag right now. That is pretty cool. Do you have a, yeah, a top five flag power rankings? Yeah, I think. Hold on. I gotta, oh, yeah. I've got to go into my drawer. Oh, cool. I, <laughs> wait, wait, what did you do? What, do you have a drawer full of flags or something? Yeah, I just buy a bunch of bandanas. I wear bandanas at work, and so, like, always at, during the West India Day Parade, bandanas are, like, a dollar a piece, so I stock up. Huh. And they're all different West Indian and they're all national flags? Flags. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. So Bhutan? which is a mountain, tiny mountain nation between India and China, they have a badass fucking dragon on their flag. That would be in, in one of my yeah. top, top this recommendations. Check out Sri, Sri Lanka. is pretty awesome. Yeah. Ooh, who's that, Sam? That looks cool. Antigua. 
Ooh, I don't like know. Like a rising sun? Yeah. Over the ocean, possibly. What did you say? Sri Lanka? The ocean. Well, look these up. It's got stars, stars on it, and it's like black and yellow and red. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not very good at describing flags. Well, you show them to us, and we'll describe them to our listening audience. Okay. Here's this one. It's kind of like a cooler version Saint of the... Kitts. Yeah. It's St. Kitts. Yeah. That's cool. That's so basically, it's a red and green flag that's been split through the middle with a black uh, bar with and has a couple stars, stars in the middle. That's it's pretty cool. Ooh, sweet. What is that? The lion flag with the Sinha flag. Yeah. That's a badass flag. Yeah. It's got a oh, lion one, yeah. with a fucking sword. This one's pretty cool. cool. See this? See this shit? Oh! <laughs> all right. All right. This one has a bunch of emblems on it that look an awful lot like Red Sox. Yeah. Um, Red Sox. Did you get that in the Speaking nation of, of Boston by any chance? Red Sox Nation. Red Sox Nation. All right, so let's get to let's get to the business at hand. Last night, Eli stayed up way too late. Say, did you have work today, Eli, or did you just not want to stay up late? Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, I had work today. To watch uh, the Boston Red Sox complete the four-game sweep of the New York Yankees, take a commanding lead in the AL East. Is it eight and a half or nine and a half? Games. Nine and a half. Nine and a half games up in the AL East. So give me, give me some of your uh, so-called hot takes from this series. Oh, it was brutal time to be a Yankee fan. I'll tell you that, Joel. <laughs> it it uh, started off with a walloping on Thursday, which transitioned straight into another beatdown. Um, that came into a tighter game on Saturday that the Red Sox ultimately prevailed. And then on Sunday uh, was a barn burner in which the Sox were down for most of the game until the ninth inning when they scored three runs uh, against the Yankees' so-called powerhouse bullpen. Good point. Um, Aldous Chapman. Oh, and, yeah. and uh came, tied up the game and then won it in an extra innings against the guy that they gave a shellacking to on Thursday night. It was a beautiful circle of beast down center, and I loved every single minute of it, i tell you that. Uh, but one thing that people haven't been talking about, and I think Sam can probably take it from here, is the Red Sox pitching, yeah. which um, was pretty ridiculous. Go ahead, Sam. Okay, well, I have a couple hot takes, too, and then I want to talk about the pitching. Uh, but... Uh, Severino, Seri- what's his name? Luis Se- Severino, yeah. Luis Severino. Not as good as everybody says that he is. Oh, I yeah. Th- <laughs> I, think that, I think at this point, it's very fair to say that he's not as good as people say that. Or, like, as good as, like, he's touted to be. You know what I mean? I want to loop back around this because I was getting in lots of Twitter fights on Friday <laughs> and Saturday about Severino. Um... And right. I feel like I've got to rub it in a couple of folks' faces right now. Yeah, he's a trash. He's a he's piece trash. of trash. He's trash. Since yeah. He's had, um, <clears throat> since July 1st, coming into this game, coming into this game against the Red Sox, which was actually his best outing in a month. And I think he lasted four, in, four and a third innings and gave up three runs. 
Five and a third, I think. Five and a third. He really it was a, last five and a third, and he gave up four runs. Four I think. runs, okay. Because it was a In three run minutes. homer. It was Mookie Betts hit a three run homer, correct? Mm, no, no, Mitch Moreland hit a no. Mitch Moreland hit it. Boy, Pierce hit a two run homer, uh-huh. and then yep, this, he gave up three JD runs. JD Martinez hit a solo homer. And then JD Martinez hit a solo. Yeah, and then he gave up another another one in the fourth or something. The point I want to make real quick, and then I want you to go keep talking, Sam. Was that the Yankees, if Severino is their number one, is their so-called ace, the Yankees are in a a lot of trouble. Yeah. Well, I think they're in a lot of trouble up and down. Because, like, who did they roll out against the Red Sox? Who's like, you know, that was a huge series for them. And it, like, nothing went well for them. And it's not even like there was, like, freak things going wrong. It's just that they're not not as good of a team as they seem to be on paper. And it like kind of comes down to their starting pitching, I think, because like CC Sabathia is a liability for anything other than throwing the ball to the catcher. Uh, he, the Red Sox stole on him at will and he's a left-handed pitcher. I was reading something today that said that he has only made five pickoff attempts this season and three of them were in one game. Um, and so the Red Sox were, like, running on him at will. Uh, and then also, like, he got a comebacker to the mound, threw the ball into the right into right field, and a run scored. Right. Um, and he can't field his position at all. So in a game earlier, I guess it was earlier, like, in the beginning of the season, uh, or maybe it was I can't remember. At some point the Red Sox some Red Sox like bunted the ball when he had like a no hitter going or something. And he was like real pissed about it afterwards. Uh, like talked shit during the press conference. And then the guy was like, Yeah, of course I'm gonna bunt on him. He can't move. He, like he has <laughs> bum knee, he can't get off the mound, you know? Right. <clears throat> they were saying on the so radio, Sam, that that uh he was so upset about that. Uh-huh. So that was last year, and uh, the batter was Nunez. And in, a- after that game, he spoke about how angry he was, but the guy that was on the radio said that he took it a step further and actually has told his son not to bunt. So it's <laughs> like Little League because he's so angry about that moment. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So he's a liability on the field. He's like leaving poop flex on people's pillows. Yep. And Give me giving them hand, foot, and mouth disease when he's like playing a fun, you know, what he thinks is a funny gag and like farting on the new guy's pillow. And then he like, like he's just a liability kind of across the board. You have Tanaka, who is. No one knows what the hell's going on with that guy. Yeah. He pitched pretty well on He did. Today, he pitched pretty well last night. But he, it's not like something that you can rely upon by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. He's the liability. I think they pitched like two minor leaguers in the series. Who was there? Or like one minor. Because half is, half is on the DL but, with poop face. Right. Right. Poop face. <laughs> He's got poop eyes. He's got poop in his eye. Uh, <laughs> who's, so they have Tanaka, Severino, Sabathia. Who is their fourth? Who? The 
The fourth guy was a was a minor leaguer that they okay. called up for a spot start. Okay. All right, good. And then they had Sun Ray and uh, who can't be like not they their rotation is a is a mess. Hot it's a mess. fucking mess. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's a hot mess. And like they like they they can't you know, and then on the flip side of that in this series, not only does their pitching staff suck, uh, they're like super powered offense. I'm doing air quotes for those of you who are listening to this. Was shut out for like uh, two games straight almost by our numbers three and four starter. Um, so it's not even like Chris Sales on the DL. And Rick Porcillo pitched a complete game, one batter over the minimum, 86 pitches. Yeah, that was um, amazing. And then, yeah. and then this guy, the new guy that we just got from the Rays, Yavaldi. pitched eight scoreless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight scoreless. And, you know, he's been really good for us since he came here, but he's not, you know, he's no Chris Sale. Right. Uh, and Porcillo won the Cy Young Award a couple years ago, but, like, he hasn't – that was kind of a – not a not a his normal sort of outing, and he's been shitty recently. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that because in order for the Red Sox to really intimidate other teams with their lineup, with their rotation, I mean, you need to have Price and Porcello pitching better than really they have been this season, don't you think? Uh, Porcello's been up and down, uh-huh. but yes. And they both. Should, they both. I think we should all appreciate the fact, though, that they're both above ten wins. I think they're like eleven and thirteen, or fourteen and fourteen, or something like that. I mean, it's not like they're having bad seasons. And of course, they got this power offense behind them. But um, you know, yeah, you think, can be Mickey, I think, about yeah. their their rotation, but freaking series you'd be like well one team's got pitchers and the other team does not right yes or you could look at that series and just be like one of these teams is better than the other team yes right i think clearly clearly and so so here's a question uh do you think that um all of the shit that we give to Gary Sanchez aside, he he is above average batter, and um, and then you have Aaron Judge, who's always a home run threat. Both of them were now playing in this series. Uh, Red Sox, of course, had a bunch of people out as well. But I just I'm wondering from strictly a pitching standpoint, um, do you think that the Red Sox pitching staff would have been that dominant? had those two bats been in the lineup. I mean, obviously, if you have Aaron Judge, that's someone else who is going to give you hits. And Gary Sanchez is an above-average hitter, like you said. So, I think... They strike out a lot. They, they do strike out a lot. Yeah. I think that's another thing that the Yankees have to consider. I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, we've only got 50 games left in the season, but... Of all the elite teams, Boston, New York, Cleveland, Houston, the Yankees are the only team that actually strike out a lot when compared to your league averages. 
all those other teams, even though strikeouts are up across the, the league, all those other teams are below average in the number of times they strike out. And Houston is head and shoulders number one. In terms of not striking out? Of not striking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the rest, I was reading about this stuff a lot today, actually. And the Red Sox are, um, Red Sox strike out more than the Houston Astros, but they also have the highest two-strike batting average. Yeah, thanks, Mookie Betts. What's that? <laughs> yeah, I was, thanks, thanks Mookie Betts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I like went deep into some statistical articles today, and awesome. it was like, they were talking about two-strike batting average and uh, two-strike slugging percentage, and the Red Sox are on the top of both of those by a pretty considerable margin. And they were talking about how, like, consistently, like, <clears throat> the Yankees have a lot of wins and they've scored a lot of runs. Like, all of these kind of submetric uh, stats that they actually don't do very well with, and it's like... Um, you know, like their strikeout to it's like a strikeout ratio, and then it was like a two strike batting average ratio. It was it was interesting. Well, that was something that that the pool of uh, ESPN announcers last night kept mentioning that so many of the counts went to a full count last night, and that was one reason why the game took so goddamn long. Right. I just want to stop you right there, though, because I kept noticing that as well. It's just like they were moaning and groaning about full counts like it was drawing out the game. And it's just like, wait a minute. Aren't you like the broadcasters of the nationally televised game of the week? And you are like bitching about having to sit through baseball. If you're complaining about it, how the hell is the rest of the world have any chance in getting interested in it i was like that's that, a good that point really bummed that's me a out. really good point it really bummed yeah. me out well also it's like it's espn right yeah right. they fucking have one game a week they like right. work once a week you know what i mean right and then the rest is just like they probably work like three hours a day and then they have to like work for like eight hours on sundays like right. and that's that's just it. I mean, it's like the league it keeps complaining about how like viewership is down, but then the only t- game that's nationally televised every week, you know, you ha- you try say you you don't like the Red Sox or the Yankees, you're just like a non-baseball fan, and you turned into that game, and you hear, have to listen to. God awful, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, t- terrible Alex like, Rodriguez. Oh my God, the three and two count. Like, dude, how did you even get this job to begin with? But if you're that fan, you know that fan of not baseball, and you're chiming into like one of the greatest rivalries that's ever existed in on sports. Sunday night on national TV. On national TV, and the, like the first thing you hear is the announcer being like, "God, this is so boring." <laughs> even even if it is, but I'm gonna change the channel immediately. Like I'm not gonna spend two seconds there seeing what's going on. Yeah, no, that's break. true. 
But I started laughing at the end of the game. Two things happened. I forget who the play-by-play guy's name is, and I don't care enough to look it up. But it was the 10th inning, and no, it was top of the 9th inning. It wasn't even extra innings yet. Top of the 9th, Yankees were up 4-1, and he goes, and the tying run comes to the plate. Yeah, and I then, remember that. There's this, there's this pause as the other two were like, what? And they were like, no, you mean the, Yank- the Yankees are up, dude. Like, they had to correct him. He's like, oh, sorry, I'm so tired. I don't even know which team is up to bat. Uh, call that pulling a J.R. He, he, he pulled a J.R. Smith. Made, That's what he did. He made a similar error in the bottom of the inning when they were down three runs, and there was one out, and a man on first, and the guy was up. And he says, and he says, the tying run is now standing in the on-deck circle, which is just a ridiculous thing to say because in order for that to happen, the guy in front of him, the guy at, <laughs> at, at bat, needs to get on base. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> he was all over the place. Was, and then... What, it, what is, I didn't watch this game. This sounds like, what was wrong with these people? They were. T- they said they were tired. Why? But why? Because it was after midnight no. on the East Coast. I don't know. Because they suck. Because they they were being they unprofessional suck. at their job that ought to be the highest level of professionalism. But uh, yeah, it, just, it seems so weird. Like it, you know, A Rod was a baseball player. Like if they're all like doing these games, they should realize that baseball like. They should at least pretend to be into it, you know? Right. They just wanted to go home, is what it sounded like. But my favorite thing was in extra innings, and, you know, A-Rod does so much shit that I'm almost numb to it, I suppose, because I didn't even get mad at him about this. But he said something like, oh, we really need to get an out here or something. The we being the New York Yankees. Being the Yankees, yeah. yeah. And the other two people, the other two announcers were just like, you just said we. Which is kind of beside the point because he is a Yankee, even though they're supposed to be neutral. It's not a Yankees broadcast, right? It's supposed to be a neutral broadcast. But I thought it was funny that the other two announcers started giving him shit for, <laughs> for you know, referring to the New York Yankees as we. Well, it's interesting because ESPN's like a New England-based, or like well, at least started in New England, right? right? Connecticut, and they're like so pro-Yankee. Yeah, it's ridiculous. they're like so into the Yankees. I I like went on ESPN this morning, and the like the the baseball lead article was like after sweep Yankees not giving up. And like you couldn't find any article on the website that was t- that talked anything about like, you know how well the Red Sox pitching had done or like how there's obviously a disparity in like the level of play of these two teams at this time or like the fact that the Red Sox have lost five games in a month or like anything like that which you think would be real news, but it was just all about how Aaron Boone was like. I feel like this could be a moment that really brings us together. And, and, and it's like fucking ridiculous kind of when you think about it. Like there wasn't even like a 
this, you know, usually you would expect the, the, the story to be the Red Sox sweeping the Yankees right. and how, like, now they're nine and a half games up. Whereas the fourth, you know, at the all-star break, they were tied at the top of the AL East. But, and then, like, there'd be one article that was, like, a op-ed or whatever about how the Yankees aren't giving up. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, was the, it was the complete other way around. Yeah. Yeah. It was really bizarre. I, can, I mean, can I say something about Aaron Boone real quick? Because yeah. I, like, I, I really like watching post-game interviews because I'm a nerd for that stuff, and I like seeing the raw footage rather than whatever the sound clips are that they put together sure. later. And for Red Sox fans, I mean, Red Sox, you know, with their, with their flag uh, ship TV station, Nesson, you can watch that stuff raw, you know? It's not like ESPN where they break to something else. And then they'll come back for snippets of the interview. Like you can just watch the whole interviews. And so, anyways, they <laughs> after each one of these games, they interview Aaron Boone, and he sounds like a broken record. You know, basically just saying the same thing over and over again. Where it's like, well, you know, obviously these things didn't go well, but uh, you know, I think we hit the ball well. It just right at people, and you know, just. Just not not making excuses necessarily, but definitely downplaying what had just happened. And so, right. you know, cuts cut screen to Twitter and to like the noise of fans out there. Yes, that's what <laughs> I was going to say. Just been glorious yes. because Yankee fans are like, Aaron, Aaron, fucking guy, <laughs> the world is burning. And here you are saying that it's all okay. They're so yeah. mad at him. <laughs> I, I, I listened to it. some New York sports radio recent, like over the weekend, which was pretty good. Um, because New York sports radio is like, it, it's just ridiculous in general. And they, they just like, it's they're all call-in shows. And I swear to God, they screen out any sort of like, intelligent or like well thought out call you know what i mean and like only bring the crazy people in oh sure oh sure <laughs> it's like the opposite of what you wouldn't like normally expect the screening process to be no you know they I mean? want they want the very insightful comment and they're yeah. like cool stay on hold we'll try to squeeze you in yeah and then somebody comes in and is like i think the yankee stadium is haunted with the ghost of you know <laughs> Whoever, and they're like, oh yeah, Derek <laughs> the line, you know. Sorry, Derek and there's Jeter's one guy that went on this, had this like impassioned argument about how they have to fire Aaron Boone and hire Alex Rodriguez as yeah. their manager. Yeah, that's what so many Yankee Twitter people were shouting on Sunday night. I was like, what? Oh, they you know, all? I thought the guy was like a crackpot. No, just, that was like a big thing. Was trade. Uh, what's his name, Boone for A-Rod, which is just an absurd thing. <laughs> you are what? Why do they think that A-Rod would be a good coach? I don't know. Like he was a teammate. <laughs> Nobody likes him. He's clearly a moron. I don't know. Right. He's also stupid. <laughs> He's really stupid. I mean, that's my favorite He's stupid, guy. bad He's, teammate. He's so stupid. Man. Right. His managerial tactic would be to, like, give everybody steroids. And, you know, I, oh, you I said this last some... night. Every time, every time J.D. Martinez came up, A-Rod was like, they should just walk him. Even when it made no yeah, goddamn sense. Every time, he's like, ah, oh, they should just walk him. 
And then he ended up striking out three times. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, great advice, Alex. It's like, great fucking advice, Alex. If he, that's, you know, if he were the manager, they would intentionally walk, like, half of the other team. You're like, oh, no, this guy's too good. We gotta walk him. Oh, no, this guy's too good, too. Intentional walk. I gotta save, I gotta save my pitcher's arm. He said that. He said he didn't want the extra strain on Tanaka's arm. So they I think you wanted to intentionally walk Mookie Betts one time, and that was the the justification. He said that, too. You've got... Oh, my God. This was in one of the earlier innings. He said, he said, oh, remember, you've got an open base. And the open base was third base. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He wanted to walk someone with, with first and second. He's like... Let's walk him so we can take our chances with Xander. Yeah. And it's like, you want to fill up the bases? Bogarts <laughs> <laughs> has two grand slams this year also, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they, did it. they didn't walk him. I forget what happened. Um, he, struck, he struck out three times. <laughs> yeah, I don't think J.D. Martinez is up that time. I think somebody else was up. I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, oh, I see. But yeah, yeah, J.D. JD struck out three times. And then hit the game tying single. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The he, two run, he, two he run hit, single. He he got a two run single. Yeah, and then the game tying. Oh, run okay, man. We still have. We might just spend the whole podcast on this because we have to talk shit about Luis Severino, and we have to talk shit about Aldis Chapman. Because how glorious was that to watch Chapman blow that stage? That was worth everything. Yeah, that was glorious. He has blown... It's only his second blown save of the season. He's blown a lot of saves against the Red Sox. Right, but that's the only second... That's my thing, and I I feel like whenever I watch Aldis Chapman, he sucks. Even right. though statistically he's amazing, he was twenty nine for thirty. I'm not arguing that. Like statistically, as a baseball player, Aldis Chapman is amazing. As a human being, he's he's garbage. But he right. was twenty nine for thirty for saves going into this on the season <laughs> going in, and you you knew this was going to happen though, because they were talking him up so much, and it was just like, oh man. Chapman's going to blow it. He blew Game 7 of the World Series. He's going to blow this. Right. Yeah. So that was yeah. beautiful. And so he walked. Who did he walk? Back-to-back walks on really long. No, it wasn't Mark, back-to-back. It was, it was Betts. walk, strikeout, walk, right? He, he walked Leon, then he struck out uh, Brock Holt, mm-hmm. and then he walked Mookie Betts, and then... Um, he struck ben, someone else out. Some, I think Ben and Tenny struck out. Yeah. Or popped out. Yeah. And then he walked Pierce. So the bases were then loaded. First pitch to JD Martinez. That was what I was going to say. That that yeah. first pitch swing and just yeah. over the second baseman to an OBI. Yeah. And then how they get the who hit the game tying OBI? So Xander Bogarts grounded Bogarts. out third base yeah. and. It, yeah, and then he threw it across the diamond, real bad throw in the dirt. But honestly, Bird, the Yankees' first baseman, could have dug it out of the dirt, yeah, uh, but didn't. And yeah. then JBJ, who was on second base, mind you, 
came all the way around and scored. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. That was so so much fun. Oh, and we got to talk also about JBJ fucking Deacon out the pitcher in uh when they scored what they scored like eight runs in an inning. Do you remember yeah. that? Which game yeah. was this? I wasn't watching this game. Go JBJ ahead. was on, I don't know if you watched this, but JBJ was on third base and uh, he like had a big lead. Guy hit the ball on the ground right to the pitcher. And the pitcher had JBJ like in between third and home. JBJ like immediately turns around and like starts to go towards third base, but it's like a fake. And as soon as he did that, he like sold it so well that the pitcher threw the ball to third base, but it was a fake. He just, like, turned around, faked, and immediately turned around and sprinted towards home. And the guy had thrown it to third base, and he scored. And then the Red Sox scored. Red Sox had, like, eight straight hits after that. Which game was that? <coughs> was that Friday night? Thursday. That was, that was, that was the first game. Thursday. That was, like, kind of like the cat. That, like, got everybody so amped. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Alex Cora, the Red Sox manager after the game, described that that inning as the best uh, inning of offense the Red Sox have had this season. And it came against New York. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and it was so much like you should check the highlight out because it's like he just fools everybody. But like in his mind, he's like, I'm just going to fake to third, and then I'm going to, like, good. run to home. I'm not even going to see how it goes. That's just what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And he just fucking plays everybody. It's do, so good. Do you remember who the pitcher was? It had to have been. Yeah, it was this guy. No, it was the guy who came in after CC uh, Sabathia, who gave up the eight runs and who ultimately gave up that uh, ex- uh Oh right! Uh, extra innings single to Benintendi. He's real. He's the real enemy of the Yankee state yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. lost him probably two games. Yeah, the heel. Yeah, he's the, the, heel. the goat in the original meaning of that. Right. Yeah. N- negative goat. And the ne- yeah, I've talked about that. <laughs> um, okay, so that's I, the I, opposite of a goat. I know. <laughs> it's also a goat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a goat is the opposite of a goat. Exactly. A goat is the opposite of the goat. How about that? Let's put it that way. Um, so this guy Trent on Twitter, he and I got into an argument about Louis Severino before this series started. And he is wrong and I am right. But I'm just going to bring this up again because it's been bothering me for like three goddamn days. Um, I was talking shit about Louis Severino on the internet because going into this game against the Red Sox, uh, he pitched Saturday. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah, Saturday. Um, and did okay. No, but Friday. Friday. He Before this, he had gone 19 innings and given up 19 runs over the course of four different starts. He had an ERA of almost 9, 8.8 over his last four starts. That's terrible. However, even given those four terrible starts, he's still eighth in the American League as of right now with an ERA of 3.08. My point that I was trying to make that I mentioned already was that he is considered the Yankees' ace. And at, with an ERA of 3.08, they are going to be in trouble in an extended series against any of the AL division leaders. 
There are three pitchers for Houston with a better ERA than Severino. Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Charlie Morton. There are two for Cleveland, Kluber and Trevor Bauer, and Chris Sale with an ERA on the season of 2.04. And if you're playing a five or seven game series, you're going to be matching up like, the disadvantage is going to grow in each game. If you're matching Severino up against the Red Sox or Houston's best guy, then your second best is even further behind their second best, and so on and so on. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to put that out there. I really think the Yankees are going to have a hard time winning a postseason game. Series. They'll win a game. Uh based on starting pitching. Um, So the Red Sox are really, really good, right? But apparently they're only the second hottest team in the American League. Is that correct? The Red Sox. Yeah. They are actually... Oakland is actually a hotter team than Boston right now. Uh. That is right as of the last month and a half. Oakland, I think, is the hottest team in baseball, which is crazy because you know they're never talked about. They're never really thought about. I mean, how many players in the Oakland A's can you even tell uh, me? I zero zero until yesterday, <laughs> and I actually went through and I was like, one guy, Chris Davis. I was like, oh, I know who that guy is. Chris with the K. Chris yeah, with the K. Chris I know that guy. Yeah. Everybody else. I was trying. I was playing this game on the toilet yesterday. I could not name a single player on the Oakland Athletics. And then I went and looked <laughs> at their roster, and the only guy I recognized was Chris Davis. BT. By the way, Yankees four, White Sox zero. Bottom of the fifth. God damn it. Oh, Trevor Cahill, pitcher. I know him. Chris with a K. Jiris the yeah. Okay, sorry. Go on. Oh no, I just it's it's classic Oakland A's, right? It's like a team of misfits, the origins of um, statistic-based right. baseball. Right. Um, you know, all of a sudden, it's like this every single year. It seems like we get to August, and it's like, oh, by the way. Oakland's doing okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, it's always a toss-up as to whether or not they actually make the playoffs or not. They're, like, always right there, and they either do it or they don't. Um, But it seems like, without fail, they bring a band of misfits sort of all the way to the end to make it interesting, which... Uh, I was listening to someone on TV earlier today describe it as black magic because it, it does kind of have that feeling where it's like you should be like the, you know, Baltimore Orioles or the uh, Marlins with with all of these no name talents on your team, but here you are, um, really at this point, you know, chomping at the heels of the Yankees. Uh, Two and, and a half. Seattle. There's a two-and-a-half spread between the, the Yankees and, and Oakland right now. Yeah. A's have won seven in a row. They've got the second wild card. They're two-and-a-half behind the Yankees. They're two-and-a-half ahead of Seattle. Here's my other point. 
the Yankees are, in terms of just games ahead, games behind, they're closer to being out of the playoffs than they are uh, winning the division. Oh, absolutely. They're two and a half ahead a of point. Oakland, and they're five ahead of Seattle. Seattle's in a bit of a tailspin, which may be just the law of, you know, regression to the mean catching up with them after so many crazy one-run wins. But I'm not giving up on the Mariners right now. I want to see the Yankees not make the yeah. playoffs at all. And I think that's a possibility at this point. Maybe a, a small possibility. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. That, that would be awesome. I think the Mariners are in a tailspin because Jesse doesn't believe hard enough. I agree. <laughs> yeah. That is it's like a... It's like a Peter Pan fairy yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, totally. Oh, did I just lose both of them by clapping? No. Uh, totally. Um, okay, do you guys... I've got other things we can talk about, but they're not a lot of fun. Mostly about domestic violence. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Um, Houston so like the Astros I've been I've been uh, a big Astros I'm not an Astros fan but on that I'm not even on that bandwagon I don't know how to describe this I think the Astros are actually Jose Altuve because he's a little man I like Jose Altuve because he's a little man yes I love and, and I thought based on their pitching they actually even if they didn't have the best record that they would have the advantage in a, a series against the Red Sox or the Yankees. But Altuve's on the DL, Springer's on the DL, uh, and I think uh, McCullough's, their pitcher's on the DL. So they're real banged up right now. I think that, I don't know. I feel like a one-series thing, I feel like the Red Sox have the ability to get to a pitcher... Like, I feel like the Red Sox are in danger, like a danger to a a pitching staff up and down throughout the game. Like, they, I think that they can get to any pitcher. Yeah, I um, agree with that. And, you know, it's a one-series thing. It's like, who's hot right now? But, like, you know, I think that Severino or, like, you know, Justin Verlander with his best – I think the Red Sox can still get three runs off of them. You know what I mean? And then if they get one or two more out of the bullpen, then that's five runs. Right. You know? Well, and I agree with that. I would say that in the postseason, you end up moving. All, all of the Houston's starting pitchers are amazingly good. And in the postseason, you end up with Lance McCullers or Dallas Keuchel coming out of the bullpen. So right. you can get, maybe you'll get to Verlander, but in the postseason, they can pull Verlander and put in Morton or McCullers along with lots of other good pitchers. But McCullers is hurt. And the other thing is, unless Altuve, if they, they need Altuve, my favorite tiny player, because he fits into your pocket, and they need George Springer to be healthy, because they are going to have to produce. Like, they can't just allow the Red Sox or the Yankees to be flat-out better on offense than them. See what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I feel like uh, when, <clears throat> when the Red Sox won the World Series, 
Wow, when was it? 2013. 2007 or 2013. Mm-hmm. And they played the, it was the Tigers, and it was like Verlander and Annabelle is, and uh, what's his name with the two different colored eyes who plays for the Nationals now. Scherzer. Scherzer. Scherzer, yeah. right. And they were like, this is the greatest pitching staff ever to take the mound for one team. And like, you know, basically the Red Sox won the game every game in the ninth inning. Like they'd be shut out for the whole game and then like win it in dramatic fashion at the end. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a Red Sox team that can do that also. Yeah. Well, and I think right now Boston's advantage is that. Yeah, no matter the score with this Red Sox team, you really don't feel like you're ever out, which has been sort of the feeling that they give off in other other seasons when they've won the World Series. A lot of that sort of propelled by people like David Ortiz and, uh, and um, you know, Dustin Pedroia even clutch people who just sort of seem to be there when you needed them most. And it seems like the Red Sox have that this year with Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez, especially. Sure, sure. And even someone like, I mean, and this is a funny thing about baseball is how much do you believe, like you were saying, Sam, because Xander Bogut's, um, what, just batting average-wise is probably the most. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear both of you. I can hear you, Sam. Oh, did I lose you guys? Yeah, oh, we lost you, now. I think. Well, I can hear all three of us. Okay, cool. So we'll just let it go. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I heard what you said before. Uh, and in response to that, can you hear you're me fucking now? so wrong. <laughs> you're the wrongest that you've ever been in your entire life. Can you hear me now? What do you have to say for yourself? Can you hear me now? I feel like maybe we lost him again, Sam. Okay, I'm going to hang up. I know. But maybe he's responding to what you said right now. (laughs) I'm sure that he is. I'm just saying good (laughs) things about Houston. All right, I'm going to hang up, and Sam, call me back. Um, So I'm going to hang up on them, but you are still here with me, so how's it going? While we wait for Sam to call me back, let me just say, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can visit our WordPress, uh, dumponthehump.wordpress.com. You can follow us on SoundCloud, because a lot of y'all listen to us on SoundCloud, and I really appreciate that. Uh, They're not calling me back, so let's talk about football. Football is coming up, and I am excited about it. Um, college football, that is, not NFL football. Although I understand that there's lots of problems with college football right now. And I think one thing that's been bothering me all week long is the way that we put these coaches into this kind of moral high ground. That they're not just instructors, they're supposed to be mentors. And that gives them this kind of moral... Role models. And that gives them this kind of moral high ground that leads to uh, unquestioning loyalty, that leads to these massive fuck-ups, like what's going on at Ohio State right now, and what was happening at Penn State, and what happened at Baylor. Because... 
these coaches don't see themselves as just professional coaches teaching other people how to play sports. They see themselves as moral role models, father figures, and somehow uh, above questioning. And I think that's why we, we get these recurring situations. Anyway, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it sounded like the end of a really nice... Uh, uh, um, speech you gave there. No, you, got, you went all soapbox there. Which, which, which coach are we talking about now? Urban Meyer at Ohio State. You guys were off the line, so I figured I'd get the chance to talk about college football while you guys were right. on. He, uh, he like quite involved in a domestic dispute, which was like swept under the rug. Or? Yeah, with one of his assistants, who was a walk-on at Florida and Damn. a grad student, <laughs> and a grad student for him at University of Florida, uh, and then he hired him again. I read a little bit about it, but. Yeah, and then he yeah, hired the guy again as an assistant coach at uh, Ohio State. So basically the problem is he clearly knew that well, this guy's got years and years of domestic abuse, and he clearly hasn't done anything about it and lied about it a lot. Huh. Yeah. So he's on paid administrative leave right now, so at least he's still getting paid. Good for you, Urban Meyer. Mm. Oh, wait, it was a continuous... Thing. He he knew about it in 2009. Wait, who's did the abuse? This guy named Zach Smith, who is right now an assistant coach for Ohio State. Okay, but, and the Meyer covered up for him. Yes. Weird. Yes, and not only that. So they knew. Uh, so his wife uh, brought charges against him in 2009. Meyer and Meyer's wife talked this guy, Zach Smith's wife, into dropping the charges. So they personally intervened in 2009 at Florida to convince her to drop the charges against him. Then, when Urban Meyer moved from Florida to Ohio State, he hired this guy back as an assistant coach. Oh. And then the wife brought additional charges in 2015. Urban Meyer claimed that he knew nothing about that, and that is pretty demonstrably untrue. He must have known that this guy was still abusing his wife in 2015 and just did nothing about it. And now it's coming up again. Uh, she has since left uh, Zach Smith with her two young children, and I don't know if she's suing Ohio State yet, but Urban Meyer is on paid administratively at the moment. Um, so, we'll see what happens. Ohio State's supposed to be number one and number two in the country, too. They're going to be good. Uh, that's the Buckeyes, right? That's the Buckeyes. Columbus, yeah, Ohio. Recently, also, like, they got banned for a while. Well, for... so the Republican representative, Jim Jordan, used to work at Ohio State and is now the U.S. representative, and he's getting caught up in a sexual abuse scandal related to the Ohio State wrestling team, where many, many former wrestlers at Ohio State are accusing him of... He was a team doctor, and he knew that some of... I don't know the details on this one. Someone in a 
uh, 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 some authority figure was sexually abusing the college-age male wrestlers, and this doctor knew about it and was doing nothing about it. And now he's a U.S. representative. So that's also an accusation at Ohio State at the same time that this football thing's going down. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, messed up. Some heavy shit. Very heavy shit. This is in Columbus, right? Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, in Houston, now, now I'm getting drunk. Houston has just <laughs> signed Roberto Osuna from the Toronto Blue Jays, who is facing trial for domestic uh, abuse in Canada and just finished a 75-game suspension from the MLB that he did not challenge for, for domestic violence. For domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Right, but that was from the MLB, so he is well, challenged. He's, he, the you know justice system of Canada is going to be bringing him to trial, but he did not challenge MLB's policy of a 75-game suspension, which is over like next week. And now he can play for the Houston Astros. And they just... I'm surprised the Yankees didn't pick him up. Right. Well, um... That's like a real Yankee move. And I, there was one... Shit. I wish I could give them credit. Now I can't think of... I think it was either the Dodgers or the A's who were looking at him and were like, no, we don't want to deal with hiring a domestic abuser. Right. That's... Were they like, we don't want to deal with it, or were they like, that's the wrong that's thing? That's the wrong thing to do, right. But in reality, Maybe a little like, bit of column A. Right, right. They're like, our attendance is already low enough. You know, <laughs> this is like not going to... Well, and this other people have made this point on the internet that there is no asterisk on the Cubs World Series championship when they went out and got Chapman, who was right. going through the same shit. And he blew Game 7 for them, but then the fuckers won it anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah. everything's messed up. Yeah, I, I feel like Houston's getting a lot of shit for that. Yeah, and, and here's... Like, go ahead. Well, I just it seems like the, the criticism of them is not going to be short-lived either because it's not like... It's not like Osuna, is that his name? Osuna, yeah. It's not. It's not like Osuna just got like charged with this, and he, you know, now the legal process is starting. They were they're picking him up right before he's about to go be judged, basically as to whether or not he did these things mm-hmm. that he's accused of, and uh, it. That just seems like a really, really risky move on the Houston, um, uh, um, for the Houston team because, you know, what if it comes out in trial that he did some really, really fucked up things? Yeah. You know? And then they, it's no longer the Toronto Blue Jays who have to answer the questions about what, how they feel about employing that guy. It's the Astros. And the other part is that I know that a bunch of the Astro players have been very critical of 
uh, domestic abusers and right. um, of of the MLB's treatment of of these things, as has been the discussion in so many other professional sports, namely football. Mm-hmm. But uh, now they, you know, they're faced with the prospects of having to cheer on this guy that yes. you know that they have already publicly cast doubt upon in their comments on the issue. So, real odd move if you ask me you know baseball aside Osuna is a good uh reliever and a good closer and maybe that is outweighing all these risks but it seems like from a business perspective and it's certainly a uh, public perspective it you're taking on a lot of question marks with this move well Well, uh, isn't he he's a free agent at the end of this year right i believe so yeah. I and, don't know what Toronto. I mean, got. like nobody in Chicago is mad at the Cubs for hiring Chapman for three. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, like, I, I am, but I'm, not a, like, I'm not a fan of those. Hey. Right. Yeah. If they if they win, then they don't re-sign Ozuna, and it like it like the fanfare will like sweep the that, the nastiness under the rug. Yeah. And. I mean, either way, they feel like they can move on at the end of the year and they can make a push. Yep. I don't think yeah, that, it, the, the, I think that's the sort of attitude that, like, in like, it's very enabling for people to be like, oh, if I'm good, I can still beat my girlfriend or wife because I can still get a job. And, like, it works out for him because if they win the World Series and he pitches well, then he'll definitely get a decent yeah, contracts. the Yankees will sign with the Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> with the Yankees, exactly. <laughs> right, but, but and, the and difference like, between this one, though, I, I would say, Sam, is just the timing of it. Because I think, like September tenth or ninth or something like that, is the start of the trial. So it could be, yeah, or 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 some part of the criminal proceeding or, or the the legal proceedings is the beginning of next month, which could be incredibly distracting. True. Whereas, like, True. if it was just charges against him and, you know, a bunch of court he- hearings spread out over the next 12 months, that'd be one thing. But, like, this is going to be headlines regardless of whether or not he did what he's accused of. Yes. Why, uh, why hasn't he, why, like, he'll settle probably, right? Wouldn't you think? Uh, Say it again. I'm sorry. Or can you not do that in Canada? I think it's too extreme. But, oh, things I've heard is that. It is a very extreme case. Like, the the Canadian, I don't know, the Mounties, whatever the fuck, um, don't want to settle with him. (laughs) Right. But I'll Google that because I am not sure about the details about that. Um, Okay, we're at an hour right now, and I don't want to end on a downer. Uh, I want to end on... (laughs) talking shit about other people's teams because here's something I was thinking about. Which fan base do you think is the most disappointed at this point in the baseball season? For example, here I'm a White Sox fan, right? We are below 400. We, we suck. Yeah. Uh, we just... In the league, though. We are better than Kansas City. We are better than Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And we knew we were going to be bad, 
Right? Sometimes I had flickers of hope that we weren't going to suck. But, like, any reasonable... first three games. Right. We, yeah, we were 2-0 and uh, <laughs> against the Kansas City Royals. And <laughs> right now we're, we're about to end our four-game win streak, and that four-game win streak was against the Tampa Bay Rays and the Kansas City Royals. Um, right. So you're asking what team, what team fan base got sold the most potent batch of snake oil? There we go, yeah. Uh, because Yankee fans are livid right now. They are furious at their 104 pay, win, pace, on pace to win 104 win team. You know? I think that's funny. Yeah, and facing, I, that's hilarious. facing the prospect of maybe not even making the playoffs. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, my nominees, I mean, the Mets, right? They start off 12-1, and one, and now their best pitcher has so bizarre bubonic plague. And, like, yeah, so you said shit on his pillow. Yeah, no, no, Cindergaard. I'm talking about Cindergaard. Oh, yeah, Cece Tabathia broke into Cindergaard's house. He's, and right, shit and farted pillow. on his pillow, because that's like a thing that he does. And he gave him cock sacks. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, hey, Cece, what are you doing this afternoon? He's like, oh, I'm going to the gym. But he doesn't go to the gym. Everyone's like, he you never go to the gym. different people's apartments and parts on pillows. <laughs> He's like, I paid $10,000 for a copy of uh, Syndergaard's apartment key. I'm going to go fart on the pillow. Um. <laughs> uh, Okay. Pull the fire alarm in Syndergaard's building and go fart (laughs) on his pillow when he evacuates. The other thing would be the Angels. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I've got a bunch of nominees here, so you got to stop me. But the LA Angels, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Otani, my, my boy, Shohei Otani, just got off the DL and hit a multi run. Had a two home run game, so he's now the first person since Babe Ruth to have a win, an MLB pitching win, and a multi home run game. Go show high, and you've Wait. got what? What about Bumgarner? Bumgarner has definitely done that. Two ho- yeah. Bumgarner's had two home runs in a game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I think I think not Max Scherzer. I think uh, somebody else too. Okay, then I'm getting the stat wrong. Uh, he doesn't have 10 wins, does he? Maybe it's like, you know, yeah. maybe you got to win and two home runs in a week or something. Yeah, maybe something like that. Okay, anyway, he he made something. Um, and they've got Mike the Weatherman Trout on their team. And I don't care what you guys say. I am making this nickname stick. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I love it, Joel. Do I don't know you, what you're talking about. Do you know that Trout tweets... Just whenever they're going on a road game, he just tweets a whole bunch of airplane emojis and then the name of the town they're flying to. That's it. Every time. And so every time he does it... That's the extent of his creativity. Yes, that's fine. This is why this (laughs) works. That's all we need. He's like, like, we're flying. Oh, there's a little picture of a plane. I'm going to push this button a lot of times. (laughs) That's all he needs to do. And then I'm his hype man. So he's like, airplane emoji, airplane emoji, airplane emoji, Tampa. That's all he tweets, right? That's, 
the extent of his tweet. And then you go, or I go right now, hey, weatherman, what's the weather going to be like in Tampa? Right. And then he can just tweet out the weather. He doesn't need to be creative at all. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I, uh, go ahead. I don't think that, I don't think, I think that Shohei Otani has actually exceeded expectations. And I don't okay. think that, like, I don't think that Anaheim Angels fans are so upset about, I mean, they started off really strong also, but I don't, I don't think that, like, their season has been to the level of, say, Baltimore oh, or, uh, that's a good one. Uh, you know? Yeah, Baltimore is a real good one. They're a hot garbage can on fire. Uh, oh, speaking of the speaking of the Angels, I saw this this week, and I think they were talking about it during the game last night, is that uh, their longtime manager there, Mike Sosha, uh, Mike Sosha there was obviously reports earlier this year that after, whatever, 21 years or however the hell long he's been there. He'll be stepping down because his contract is ending. And I guess this week he came out and said that those reports were, quote, poppycock, end quote. (laughs) Do you guys remember when he got uranium poisoning? I was going to mention that time he got uranium poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking. He's the one who gets hired as a ringer for the softball team and actually is just interested in working in a nuclear power plant. (laughs) Oh, there's no pressure. Yeah, he's like, oh, he like dumps the whole wheelbarrow of radioactive like material on the floor, and they're like, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, oh, I love this job. <laughs> yeah, that's like coaching the angels. Uh, the other one, and then we gotta go. I would say maybe the Nationals. Like yeah. they they're running out of time to make a move. Yeah, I feel they are. Uh, they're a victim of a lot of things, and one of them is complacency. Like, they've just been on the top of the AL East for so long, and then you have these two teams, the Phillies Braves, and Braves. Yeah. Uh, Phillies, that are just kind of performing a couple years ahead of where they projected, you know? Yeah. Because they were like young, rebuilding teams that <clears throat> made a lot of moves to improve their futures, and the future came a little earlier than anybody expected. And I feel like the Nationals were like, we got a couple more years to figure out the playoffs before we have to worry about the division. And I feel like that really came to fucking bite them in the ass this year. Yeah. I think my final, I would vote for the Mets for the most frustrated fan base. Just like who the fuck gets foot and mouth disease? Um, I would say, okay. Yeah, yeah. you do you. That That's my vote. What do you think? Ah. I think Baltimore probably because they already were like they for years, the like attendance has been going down, 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 even when they had winning seasons. Uh, And now they can't get anyone to come to their ballpark. Like that's a fan base that's like more than disappointed, just like totally fed up. Yeah. And Machado's gone. Jones is still there, but what's their plan? Jones refused a trade. Yeah. Because he didn't want to move his family, or, and he has like there, there's like I didn't realize this, but there's like a clause in the union contract that if you've been playing for a team for more than ten years, you can veto any mid-season trade. Oh, huh, that's cool. Even if it's not part of your like negotiated contract. Huh. Good for him. 
Yeah. What do you think, Eli? Uh, I think I got to go with Yankees yeah. on this one, just because if you think about the Yankee fan base and being so demanding and so high maintenance as it is, and so have, uneducated, honestly, <laughs> to, to give them uh, such a winning team that is nonetheless in a place of peril at the moment, I got I, I I just got to believe that that's got to be, you know. The most frustrating for a highly frustratable fan base. I think that's a good call. I feel like the Yankees fan base is the tea party of Major League Baseball fans. Huh. It's like everybody knows that they're the worst and they're like, we're the fucking best. (laughs) We are the best fans. We're the best fans in the entire league. And like literally everyone else is like, oh my God, these fucking assholes again. Why are there so many of them? Why are there so many of these fucking idiots out here? Yeah, no, that's a good call. That's a good call. It's like it's like a very it, it's a stark comparison. It's, I got you. I mean, not stark comparison. It's like they're they're the same. Yeah. Um, in- <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, it's time to go. It's been an hour and twelve minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to Dump on the Ump. Um, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, I want to yeah, say one more thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to change my answer. Do it. I think the most disappointed fan base in the major leagues has got to be the Pittsburgh Pirates fans. Oh. Because they like wrote a letter to Major League Baseball as like a letter of no confidence in the ownership. Oh, yeah. And they're like, they're having a really good season this year. Yeah. And everybody at the beginning of the season was like, this. these people have to go. They don't care about the team or the city, and and they're like overperforming so much that like they the, those fans have egg on their face yeah. is all I'm saying. Yep, yep. And I mean the Pirates are having a great season. Uh, they're still on the outside of the playoffs looking in, but I'm I'm all for them making a run. I hope they can. Um, all right, we're gonna go out to the, the goddamn Black Eyed Peas uh, because. <laughs> This is the song that J.D. Martinez walked onto all the way back in 2014. So J.D. Martinez, next time you see him, make fun of him for being a Black Eyed Peas fan. All right, good night, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Digital spit, next level visual. I got that boom, boom. I like that boom, boom, proud. Them chickens jacking my style. They try to copy my swagger. Yeah.